You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode, a fun episode, a different episode, a blank adjective episode of Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Scott Bentley. The uh, The clock just hit zeros on the Phoenix Suns-Milwaukee Bucks game. Phoenix with a 2-0 lead now, baby. I love to see it. Pistons fan in me does not want... The Milwaukee Bucks to, uh, to to win this series, and obviously Booker being from here too, um, all in on the Suns. So that's uh, that's that's what I'm recording this just for. If you some reason wanted to know when I recorded this, I don't know. Anyway, welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Tigers. This will be our last one until the MLB draft, because today is Friday, July 9th. The draft is Sunday, the 11th, and with that. We're going to have a very draft-oriented episode. The first segment, we're going to talk about last night's game still. Talk about the Scooble start. We lost 5-3 to the hands of the Twinkies. And then segments 2 and 3, we usually do Prospect Friday. We're still kind of going to do Prospect Friday, but it's going to be all draft prospects rather than MLB, not MLB, but rather than professional prospects, rather than minor league prospects, I should say. That's what I was thinking of. So welcome back. I am your host, Scott Bentley. Let's get right into it. Before we get started, so we're, I, just, I lied, we're not actually getting right into it. I do have to say that this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app today and join me. Hopefully next week I'll have that all set up to get in on the action. Super fun. Uh, and we have a lot of other lockdown rooms in there uh, while I my slow self still gets set up. All right, Tigers drop last night's game 5-3 to three at the hands of the Twins. Let's talk about it. Um, Jamer, nice rip. Miggy owns the Twins always. Nice couple of knocks. Beautiful to see. That OPS is getting closer and closer to 700. I'd be very happy if he finished out the year with just a, a 700 to 750 OPS, honestly. That's all I'm asking for at this point. So um, as he gets closer and closer to that, that's awesome. Scopey, couple of nice knocks as well. Nico Goodrum back and leading off. People really mad about this. This actually is, it made a lot of sense. And it didn't work because he went 0 for 4 with 2 Ks. However, it really wasn't a bad move. Nico Goodrum has owned J.A. Happ in his career. Like, owned him, owned him. So, uh, I really, once you look at that, it, it really makes a little bit of sense. And it didn't work out this time, whatever. Uh, that That's baseball, it happens. Um, Zach Short, walk, decent, played decent shortstop. We'll get into Willie Castro later. Nomar Mazar with a hit. I don't care. He's still terrible. Get him off my team. Jake Rogers, 0 for 3, but played pretty well behind the plate. Had one kind of miscue there. Um, and then there was that weird play where the ball hit the batter, and then, that was a disaster. Um, okay, let's get into the the main people we want to talk about here. We're going to save Scooby for last. Eric Haas with another ding-dong. His OPS on the year is now 865, two for four with an absolute monster home run. Barely ticked the, uh, the, the foul pole there. Awesome. Awesome to see. Love the man to death. Hope he keeps raking. 
Uh, made a decent play in left as well. I think that's probably the biggest area of improvement currently. Um, if if the you look if the offense is sustainable, keep them around. I don't care. Uh, you know we we have a lot of a lot more baseball to be played to prove whether it is or isn't sustainable. But if I mean if this is if this is even remotely sustainable, if he can even be an 800 OPS guy, uh, you keep him around and you'll you'll find playing time for him behind the dish and in left field. So awesome story. Love Eric Haas to death. Um, and yeah, he, he's made this year a lot more fun for very obvious reasons. Willie Castro. Um, Willie Castro is beyond frustrating. Um, not only has he not hit this year, um, he is one of the worst defenders uh, I've really seen in recent memory. Uh, and this is this is not a new school versus old school way of baseball thinking either. This is a no matter who you are, whether you don't use stats at all and, and just use the eye test, he's horrid. Whether you use errors, he's horrible. Whether you use advanced analytics, he's horrible. He is unanimously, no matter what, what type of baseball fan you ask, a bad, bad, bad defender. And he has very far from had the bat to make up for that, right? We, there's always cases of people that hit so well that it makes up for their horrible defense. Um, that tiger killer Nelson Cruz was that for a long time before he just kind of settled in as only a DH. There, there's plenty of those guys out there, uh, and, and he has like barely over a 600 OPS, and he's one of the worst defenders in all of baseball, to be honest with you. And it, we tried moving him from short and, and hot, putting him at a less premier position, putting him at second or whatever, and he's he's just as bad. He made a really costly error tonight, a really, really bad error on his part tonight. Um, two bad plays, but the other one wasn't technically an error. Uh, just not a good game for Willie Castro. And the thing is, you know, people are calling for his head. I, I mean, that's fine. The thing is... Um, this organization doesn't have depth in middle infield. Uh, the only move you could make is him for Paredes. And I think the organization wants to keep Paredes down, not because he's not ready or, or whatever. I think it's just because they want to give him every day at bats, which I, I think is important for development. I, I don't disagree with that take. Um, and I'm not sure he's going to get every day at bats if he gets called up. Hinch is going to put the best lineup available out there every day. Um, and I'm not sure that that equates to Isak Paredes playing every day second base at the moment. At, at the moment. It, it could at, at some point, post-trade deadline maybe. I don't know. Um, but Willie Castro has certainly not made very many friends this year um i it, you could see the writing on the wall man like i i feel like we're having the same conversation we had with brian pena brian pena geez brian pena's a goat brian garcia um where like if you look at the numbers past the numbers last season i it, it wasn't too far-fetched or hard to predict 
that Willie Castro might not have been as good as his numbers showed last year. His, his BABIP was astronomical. Legitimately one of the highest BABIPs I've seen for something that was considered a full season. Now, granted, it, it, it wasn't a real full season, and he only played, I think, even like half of the 60-game season, uh, or like what a couple games over half. So take that as you will, but um, at, w- legitimately one of the highest BABIPs I've ever seen. Um, and I, like the baseball savant page was a lot of blue. I don't know. Like that's it's a it's it's really a, a an interesting story to look at when when you look at what people's opinions of him were last year as opposed to this year. Um, and I think some people were ahead of the curve there and were like, hey, we need to hold our reservations about him because there's a lot of things pointing to him not being as good as his whatever nine, whatever OPS was last year. Um, so regardless of if he even turns the hitting around, you can't play him anywhere defensively in the infield. So that's, that's the biggest issue. And having just a barely over 600 OPS on top of that, playoff teams don't roster those kind of players, man. And like, I'm not saying we have the expectation of being a playoff team. I'm just saying this is still a, just a reminder of where we are in this rebuild. We are not there yet. We are still rostering people like Willie Castro. Willie Castro does not sniff the major leagues for any team that's going to make the postseason this year. Just a nice humble reminder. Um, and Willie Castro, his name is definitely something you're going to want to keep an eye on going forward because I think he might be a ticking time bomb uh, for his his time in the majors here, especially if Paredes does well down in Toledo. All right, that's that. The only other thing, Tarek Skubal got the start right. He was fine, um, not fantastic. The first, what seems to be a reoccurring theme with him is. If he goes six innings, like four and a half of those innings, he's great. And then like an inning and a half, he isn't. And it seems to be a theme across all of his starts, and today was really no different. Um, he was so good the first three innings. He was so good. That that might be the best I've ever seen Tarek Skubal look the first three innings. In his final line, he ended up giving up five runs in six innings. Only three of them earned. Shout out to Willie Castro, but... Um, far, far, and, and the five Ks he had were almost all exclusively in the first half of his outing. I think he had four Ks through three. It just he's so close to taking a jump, and he's so close to to getting to the next level and turning a corner and really just putting it all together. He's still just not quite there yet. Um, they also said that he won't be facing any innings limit like that, like Mize is while Mize is. However, once Casey's are done and lifted and he's back to, he can just have full rain and go as long as he wants. Then that's when Scoobles will start. Cause if you did both at the same time, the bullpen would just be shot. And so that's the plan. So no Scooble innings limit for now, but, uh, but at some point this season, probably in late August and slash September, you'll probably see it. That's really it for this game. Uh, I mean, Scooble, was uh, 
Tale of two halves, really good in the first half, not very good, and not as effective at least in the second. And then this offense was was fine, okay, you know, three runs wins you a few games. That's it's not a horrible performance, but far from fantastic. And uh, it really was just a game that high. This was a very winnable game. We we should have honestly won this game, uh, and really choked it. It's a pretty it's a pretty harsh loss. So. Um, yeah, Scooble fine, bullpen, Scooble okay, I guess. Bullpen fine, offense fine, defense continues to be absolutely atrocious. All right, let's get into our draft bonanza because that's what we're going to do the rest of the episode. All we're going to talk about, people to look for on Sunday's draft. My opinion of any, everybody, any and everybody that's on the board for your Detroit Tigers come Sunday night. But first, I got to talk to everybody about Fully Loaded Chew. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine different flavors. Nine. Fully Loaded Chew is made of all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry, white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs quite like Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Baseball, Locked On MLB listeners a special offer right now. Right now, you can try it for just a dollar. That's right, literally one dollar. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for just one dollar and free shipping. Use the code locked on at checkout. Next time you go for a dip, make sure it's fully loaded chew. All right, everybody, let's get into it. This is one of my favorite times of the year, especially the last five years because we haven't been very good. It's draft season. Uh, as I've talked about a lot, I watch a lot of college baseball. Uh, I watch high school va- baseball when I have the ability to. I've seen tape, I've seen games, I've seen an immense amount. I have my own scouting reports on most of these dudes. Um, I, I, I assure you that if we disagree, and I say this often, but it's, it's important for me to reiterate, I promise you if we disagree on uh, the evaluation of a player, it is not because I am ignorant to the player. That's all I want to get out there. It is not because I I haven't seen enough on him. It isn't because I don't know enough about him. It isn't because I I I like I said I haven't watched enough about him or anything like that. I assure you, I have watched hours of some of these guys. Um, baseball is my life, <laughs> and I this is this is a platform where there is absolutely no shame in me saying that. I think it uh I I think it's it it betters me to be able to say that. So. Let's get into it. Super fun. Talking prospects is one of my favorite things ever because, and this is one of the reasons I think baseball is so beautiful because um, you don't, there are arguments that last years sometimes, right? I, I mean, you don't know and there's such a process and there isn't just, oh, you get drafted and then you see them three months later on you know an NBA court or whatever, an NFL field. You, you have to earn your way through every single step of a rigorous minor league system before you can even step foot as a rookie on the majors. Then you have to reprove yourself and improve from there. 
So I, I think it's one of the reasons that makes ba- that baseball is beautiful and, and perfect in so many imperfect ways. Um, and I just love, I just love this game. <laughs> I just love the game of baseball so unbelievably much. So let's get into some people that we could take here. Okay, let's get in. Let's talk prospects. Um, there is no really consensus number one. Consensus number one. There is, I think most people are of the belief that Marcelo Meyer is going to the Pittsburgh Pirates at one, but it's far from consensus. Far, there are big publications, big publications that disagree with that. So it is far from gospel. There is no slam dunk 1-1, one, one, uh, like hashtag worthy, you know, tank for this guy kind of a campaign because the there is no consensus one one, but there are that. I, I think it's important to know the difference between not having a consensus one one and a bad draft. Those are not the same thing. Okay, you can have a draft not have a consensus slam dunk slam dunk number one overall pick, and it can still be a very good draft. And I think that this is what that is. I, I think we're going to look back at this draft, and it's going to be one of the better drafts of recent memory with without an overwhelming 1-1 pick going into Sunday night. So we'll start with Marcelo Meyer because he is who I believe the Pirates are, are, are likely going to take at the first overall pick. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't, though, to be honest with you. The Pirates are the Pirates. Uh, so Meyer is a, a one of three all very highly regarded uh, I, I think the top three are kind of in a league of their own. Prep, high school, bats. Okay? So prep, shortstop. Prep, high school, oxymoron. Same thing. Prep, shortstop. Okay? I, I, there's three that are all kind of in a league of their own. And we're kind of in the mix for all of those. So Meyer, Watson, Lawler. All three of those guys are kind of the consensus top three. Brady House is kind of in that conversation as well, but I think most people believe that he's not going to be a shortstop long-term, whereas the other three, at least for the time being, I think the belief is that they're going to start off at shortstop at a minimum. So Marcelo Meyer, pretty solid hitter. He's probably the uh, one of the most well-rounded players. He's a plus defender at shortstop, which is a premier position. He's not going to bat... 900, geez. He's not going to bat, you know, 350, 400 or anything. Not a crazy contact hitter, but he's going to give you a high 200s batting average if you're into batting average still with with a probably 20 to 30 home runs. Like he's a really solid all-around player. And he's, he's bat over defense for sure, but he's far from a bad defender. Um, and someone who could grow in and really be an important contributor on a really competitive baseball team. Okay, Meyer is not someone that I would look into too terribly much because I think he, personally, I think he will be gone by the time we pick for starters. But second off, even if he is there, I don't think the Tigers are taking him. Uh, I think they have their eyes on other people, and we'll kind of get into that later. So I, I don't really think he's too high on the Tigers' board, and even if he was, I don't believe he's there when we pick at three. So really solid. I don't want to make him sound like a jack-of-all-trades master of none because he is a really good hitter. He is a really good hitter. 
somebody who's, who's projects if, if he reaches his ceiling to be a middle of the lineup bat on a good team. Like I don't want to take away from his team, but he is, uh, he's not, not like, like Torkelson last year. Like he, he's not, this is the best hitter in the draft. You know what I mean? He, he's a solid hitter, above average defender, going to be a, a damn good ball player. Then we have, hmm, okay, let's just stick with the shortstops for now. That's probably the easiest way to do this. So the prep shortstops, then we have Khalil Watson, okay? I don't think Khalil Watson is on the Tigers' radar whatsoever. However, he's another prep shortstop that's probably going to go in the top five or six. He is, he's rather controversial. There are some scouts that think he's one of the best, that think he is the best, rather, high school bat in the entire draft. Um, and there are some people that think he he struggles defensively and, and, and isn't an uber athlete at a premier position there. So yin and yang. It, it's also, I want to make this clear as well. If, I'm, if it seems like I'm either repeating myself or just don't have too in-depth analysis on guys, even though I just said I watched tons of hours of them, um, it is so hard to predict high schoolers. Whether they're pitchers, hitters, it doesn't matter. High schoolers bust a lot. A lot. I, I would comfortably say there is no chance that all three of these shortstop I, I'm about to name all become all-star caliber people, even though they're all going to be borderline top five picks in the same draft. As just high school bats are very hard to project because the best they faced is high school, right? It's tough. So Khalil Watson, very good, very good bat. Easily his biggest trait, power up the middle. Uh, it's it's fun to have a power-hitting guy that plays a middle infield position. That's fun. He's going to be regarded very highly. He's going to hit. Okay, It's just a matter of where he projects longer term. Um, defensively, in my eyes, is kind of the bigger question. Then Jordan Lawler, someone who has been all over the board. If you look at the last two months, there was a point in time where everybody said he's going to go number one overall, and that's going to be it. And now there's mock drafts that have him as low as seven. So he is a guy that has been all over the place, to be honest with you. Um, This is definitely someone that is on the Tigers board and definitely someone that could be a Detroit Tiger in 48 hours. This is of those three guys, just those three, not everybody, of just those prep shortstops, I think he's the most likely to become a Detroit Tiger. Solid, solid defender, good bat. Some questions about the bat long term and, and questions about the bat in the next level. But I it's just so he he's been mocked all over the place, man. Like, it would not surprise me if he was a Pittsburgh Pirate in two days. But there are other mock drafts that have him as low as, like I said, six and seven. He's definitely someone that could be a Tiger. Definitely. Solid defender. Above average hitter. The, the question with the bat is going on to the next level. And it's not because of a, a super, a, I don't know, a flaw in mechanics or anything. But I think there is a question out there about how productive he will be hitting at the next level. 
very little question about him as a uh, as, as a shortstop like Watson or about the guy we'll get into next. But he he maybe is more maybe it is it's better for me to say that he is more the jack of all trades, master of none, than it is Meyer. Maybe doesn't have the the super high ceiling that some other guys in his class do. But uh, but again, mock to go all over the place and someone that could be a Detroit Tiger in two days. And if we do get him, I will do a, a far deeper, whoever we get is going to get a big deep dive breakdown. But I have a lot of people to get to in two segments. So you're not going to get the most in-depth, ridiculous analysis you've ever heard. That's all. So just don't be surprised if Lawler's a Tiger. The last high schooler I want to talk about is Brady House, someone who is on the Tigers' board, has been reported that the Tigers kind of like him a little bit, right? But there's a lot to, to – he's really interesting. Brady House is super interesting. So currently a shortstop high schooler, right? Shortstop prep bat, just like those other guys. He hits. He hits very well. He is a power bat. He hits bombs. Okay, bombs away, he hits nukes. The consensus seems to be he is not a shortstop at the next level. Not quite a good enough defender to be a shortstop at, at the professional level. So you're, if you take him, you're banking on the bat. Because plus defender at a premier position is not something you're going to get. And with the third overall pick... That might be a little bit of a reach, right, for the Tigers specifically to take him. He could end up being a great hitter. Like I said, the kid hits nukes. But for third overall, it might not be the best. To, uh, unless your guys in, in your room, in your draft room, think that he is going to be the best hitter in this entire draft, it really doesn't make sense to take him at three. Because he's not going to be playing a premier position for you. And in that top three pick, you really want a a, a dynamic impact player. Someone that's on the board. Don't get me wrong. The Tigers have been linked to talking to him. Someone that that very well could be on this team on Sunday. Again, um, it it seems like he's more of a corner third. Third baseman seems to be the first kind of push. Uh, If he struggles defensively at shortstop, which by most approximations he he likely will, he's going to get moved to third. Um, and then if, if, I mean, if third doesn't work out, then you're looking at corner outfielder or honestly, even first base with how well he hits. If the bat translates, he'll have an MLB career and that's all that will, will really matter. And that's all we'll look back on. But with so much unpredictability with him, kind of predictions of his future MLB career are scattered all over the board because there's a lot of question marks around him. But if he hits... He will fit, and he will find a fit somewhere and make some team very happy if he hits. Um, So that's it for the high school bats, okay? Let's go into college. We'll start with Jack Leiter, the big one. I did a full draft profile on him uh, a couple days ago, uh, probably a week ago now, to be honest with you. Um, So if you're looking for like a full Jack Leiter breakdown. You can go listen to that episode. I believe it just has draft profiles literally in the title. Um, but just go listen to that if you want a full, full breakdown. So I'm not going to go too too in-depth here. Um, if we get Jack Leiter, I, I will be a happy camper. 
Um, he's not number one on my board because anybody listening to that episode knows who number one on my board is. We'll get to him in a second. Um, but he's probably number two on my board. Uh, I, I People think just because I really want Henry Davis that I don't want anyone else. I, I will sleep very well at night if we have Jack Leiter. I, I will get over it very quickly. Dude's unreal. Like I said, do a full breakdown uh, later. He might not get to us. He might be, he might be going to Texas. I don't think he's going to Pittsburgh, but... Uh, he might be a ranger, um, but if uh, I'll get into situations and in, in at the end, so I, I don't want to spoil anything. But the lighter's there, and we take him. I'm a happy camper. Okay, uh, let's go. Let's just do Henry Davis now. He's if I had the number one overall pick in this draft, I would take Henry Davis. Nonetheless, the third overall pick. I think he's a star. I think he's the best hitter in this draft. I think he's an uber athlete. He has a cannon. You can never have too many catchers in my eyes. I don't care how well Dylan Dingler's doing. Um, Henry Davis is is barring away my 1-1. So just so everybody knows where I stand on Henry Davis, if I was the Pirates, I would want to take Henry Davis. Nonetheless, me being a Tigers fan and having the third overall pick. All right? So Henry Davis, my my 1-1. And I do a full breakdown on him the same episode I talk about Jack Leiter. So if you want a full analysis of why I like him so much, you can go listen to that. All right, let's head into our final break here, and then we'll get into some situations and then uh, some some high school arms that could be there as well, just so we cover all of our bases, no pun intended. First off, i got to talk to everybody, though, about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? Did you? You probably do if you're a listener of the show because I talk about it all the freaking time. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. Nine delicious flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor. And if you don't know what your favorite is, just get the mixed box. Brother slash sister, just get the mixed box. Two of each flavor. You can figure out what you want. Figure out what you like. They're phenomenal. They've become such a big part of my life. Ever since joining Locked On and starting to listen to Locked On, actually. Um, just, they're so good tasting, and they're also so healthy, too. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So order today. Get that that double chocolate, or my favorite, that peanut butter brownie. Get that coconut. Get whatever you like, even that mixed box. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Then the only other thing i got to talk to you guys about before we get into our final segment is our friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fast and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, as you guys are aware. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, even your UFC and MMA action with Connor and Poirier right around the corner, baby. Base, <laughs> baseball before the next pitch. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are in finals mode. The Stanley Cup just ended, but the NBA Finals in full swing. You got baseball season in full swing. You got Dustin and Connor. You got plenty. So go check it out over at BetOnline.ag. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today. And receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, let's wrap her up here. 
talk about the last few prospects and then some scenarios and who I would take if so-and-so were on the board and all that jazz. Okay. The last thing we need to cover before we get into that is high school arms. Um, there's really only one that I think the Tigers could take. I don't think any of the high school outfielders, whether it's Taylor or Benny Montgomery, etc., I don't think we're taking a high school outfielder. And the only high school pitcher that's really even remotely talked about of, uh, of being like a top even 10 pick, Jackson Job. Jackson Job, high school, right-handed pitcher. Um, honestly, I, I could do a whole half hour on Jackson Job. Uh, I, when we get into the situations, you'll, you'll understand where I fall on him. Do I think that us taking Jackson Job would be like one of the worst picks of all time? No, this is, I don't think that this is like a, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to boo on draft night. Like when the Knicks took Porzingis, this isn't like Darko. Okay, I don't think this is this is a blow it up pick, but um, we have the third pick, and he's not in the top five people that I would take. So I'll I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, he the Tigers seem to be linked to him, which kind of scares me a little bit. But uh, apparently Detroit has had a lot of contact with him and, and talked about him quite a bit. So here's the thing with Joe. Okay, he's dominated high school. Every every first round pick that every first round pitcher high school. What am I? What words am I saying? Every prep pitcher that has ever been taken in the first round has dominated high school. That that does not separate him from from a lot of people. The thing is, first off, prep pitchers are very hard to project. Really, again, like I said earlier, prep players in general are very hard to project. Prep pitchers, very hard to say how good they're going to get, the highs that they're going to reach. Okay, Jackson Job was coming into this baseball season. So, so before the high school and college season started, I guess end of last year, like over the winter and stuff, he wasn't as highly regarded as he was now. And then he started... At getting national attention because um, he he started playing in camps where you could measure spin rate, and his slider spin rate is unbelievable. It spins like an mf'er. It it is it is it is impressive. It is wildly impressive. The spin rate on his slider. It is a great pitch. Okay. It. This is a, a deep draft class with a lot of talent, but no consensus 1-1, right? We talked about that earlier. And I think he is one of the reasons that this is a deep class, but he is also one of the reasons why this is not, there isn't a, a, a what am I even trying to say, man? I really, I, I would be pretty upset if Jackson Joe was the pick, I with all the talent that could potentially be on the board, he, like I said, he, he is not in my top five people I would want, and we have the third overall pick. I have no doubt that if he goes to somewhere that can develop talent really well, that he could be a damn good major league pitcher. He really could. 
The slider fastball combo he has is is very impressive, and his slider is very impressive. He has high upside. For me, if you take Jackson Job at three, you're doing it to save money because he will sign for way under slot. And if you get him for way under slot, that means that they're going to use that money that they don't spend in the first round, and they're going to spend it in, in the later rounds. And they're going to take guys that have fallen and make sure that they sign by giving them bigger signing bonuses, whatever. I, we're so close as an, we're so close, man. We're so close to being competitive again. The chips are starting to fall. The stars are starting to align. We're so close. And I, I don't see how a high school pitcher with a really low floor, but also a really high ceiling, speeds up that process whatsoever. Now, if you if you take him and then you kill rounds two through whatever, if you if you kill the next four or five rounds after the first, then I guess you could argue that it was worth it, right? The logic makes sense, but I would have a lot of reservations. I would have a lot of questions. I'd have way more questions than I would answers if we took Jackson Job at three. And it's obviously nothing personal. I don't know the kid. But I, I we're so close to being competitive again. I I don't know why with the third overall pick you would you would make a pick to save slot money. You have a top three pick in the draft, and you are a rebuilding team. You shouldn't be making, I'm trying to save uh, a couple of dollars now. And again, if, if you kill the next four rounds and you end up using all the money, then there's an argument. But I don't think that this organization has earned that faith. I'd have a lot of questions, a lot of reservation about Jackson Job being a Tiger on Sunday. And he could work out, and he could be great, but he's not going to be great for a few years. And our competitive window, I would like to believe, is a lot sooner than that. This, this just drafting him seems like a, I'm going to take Jackson Job and then not sign a shortstop and keep slowly building this up. And and I think people are kind of out of patience for that. So again, he could end up being really good. I admit that he has a very high ceiling because that slider is nasty. And he could develop into a great talent. Not going to deny that at all. But for the Tigers situation specifically, it makes the least amount of sense to me. Really quick, let's just go over some situations. Okay, Who is the one person that no matter who else is on the board, if they're on the board, they should be taken. For me, that's obviously Henry Davis. I don't care it, who I don't care if if the first two picks are people that were projected to go in the ninth round that no one's ever heard of. If Henry Davis is on the board at three, I want us to take Henry Davis at three. Jack Leiter's number two. If Henry Davis is gone, I want Leiter over anyone. After that is when it gets a little dicey. If Davis and Leiter go one two, which is a legitimate possibility. 
Okay? That's where it gets strange. I think my initial reaction would probably be Lawler. Would probably be Lawler. Then Meyer. Then House. Then Watson. And like that's not even a knock on Watson. It's just like at that point, if we're if we're going into my fourth best available, like I, I'm going to take the guy who has a, a more projectable bat, even if he can't play shortstop. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's really if if Davis and Leiter go one two, that's my D Day scenario. And I know for a lot of other people out there, that's that's fine because they want one of the shortstops, and you would get. Your first pick, you'd have, you'd get to pick whoever you wanted, right? You'd get whoever, as an organization, you are highest on of the four short prep shortstops. You would get first pick. You you would get to take whichever one you want, whichever one you're highest on. Um, for me, that's that's worst case scenario though. And I think there's a couple of philosophy disagreements that I have with people there. First off. I think we are close to being competitive again if we play our cards right. If we have a good offseason, sign a shortstop, maybe sign another pitcher, I think we could be competitive, relatively competitive as soon as next year. Torkin Green should be playing Major League Baseball by September of next season. I don't think we're that far away from being competitive. Okay. So I'm going to lean college because of that fact. Because college players are going to be in the majors quicker than high school players. Okay, So that we'll start with that. The other thing is the predictability of high school. A lot of them bust. And there's no guaranteed 1-1 high schooler. There's no top-heavy high schoolers. It really is just your personal opinion. And again, I'm not sure this organization has earned that right. So I know that there was a lot of rambling because my brain's all over the place here. Because there's, there's what, eight, nine people that all could potentially be Tigers on Sunday. If I had to rank the most realistic people to be Tigers in no specific order, I would say lighter, Job, to my dismay, House, and Lawler. I would say that those four, I know I just picked four people in a in a draft where we have the third pick, so that might be cheating. But I think that those four, I, I don't think this organization is going to take Henry Davis as, as much as I love him. I don't think Meyer's going to be there. I don't think Watson's even remotely on their board. Yeah, I would say if I had to put money, it would be on one of those four guys. So I know that that was all over the place and way less organized than you're used to, but my brain is all over the place because I don't, draft season's crazy, and this draft is unlike a lot of other drafts we've seen in the past. Usually there's a decent consensus of who we should be taking, and there is zero, there is zero <laughs> agreement on who we should take. Even when we took Riley Green in 19, it was kind of like, all right, we're getting Riley Green. This draft is is unlike any draft we've seen in the in previous years. There is no 
guaranteed Tigers selection days before the draft, like there was in 18 and 20, and even 19 with the fifth pick. It's going to be a crazy, crazy Sunday. I will be doing a live stream with a couple of people. I'll be tweeting it out quite a bit, uh, so you will have no shortage of, of being able to find it, but I'll be doing a stream with uh, Castillo and Chris Brown. Those two guys are awesome. Um, I've, I've been on their podcast a couple of times. Great guys. I'll be doing some draft stuff with them on draft day. It'll be super fun. Um, and, yeah, the Futures game is is this weekend too, and then we head into the All-Star break. So let's have some fun. Happy draft season, everyone. Um, yeah, tweet at me your personal opinions of, of who we should take, your opinions of, of you can call me an idiot and say that I'm stupid for, for my opinion of any of these guys, whatever. Uh, draft season is just super fun. So I, I know this episode was a little bit longer than usual, but I think it's really important to give a, a wide scope of draft coverage heading into uh, heading into a draft where we have the third overall pick. And it's very crucial for our rebuild that we nail this pick. Really, really important. The next time we talk, it will be analyzing whoever the Detroit Tigers took on Sunday's draft. I, I, I record Monday's episodes on Sunday night. So uh, you will get a pretty fresh reaction, a, a pretty uh, a pretty emotional and, and, and fresh reaction to whoever we get. So that'll be kind of fun. I'll see you guys then. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. Uh, good luck to everybody on Sunday. Uh, I'm, as you can tell, I'm very, very nervous. Good luck to everybody Sunday. We need to nail this pick. Go Tigers, baby.